Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder. This week, holiday hassles. How does your clinic holiday, and how do you avoid some of the hurdles of the season? This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles some of the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And this week, it's all about the holidays, but more importantly, the hassles, the hurdles, the sometimes horror stories that we associate with the holidays. Whether it's what do you give your coworkers to how do you actually celebrate the season? We're gonna talk about all of the areas that we find to be somewhat a problem. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am your host, Dr. Ernie Ward. I'm Dr. Cindy Courtney. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And guys, happy holidays. Happy, no, how can it already be the holidays? It's crazy. It just seems to sneak up on me earlier and earlier every year, even though I know the calendar still says it's on December 25th, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Well, guys, this is the season of holiday parties, and that usually is accompanied by a bit of holiday drama. Now, if you remember back over two years ago, our very first podcast was all about holiday scheduling dramas. But this week, we decided to talk about some of the other hassles and hurdles and hardships that we associate with the holidays. And so, Cindy, tell us a little bit about what we were talking about in the pre-call. Yeah, because uh, I think we've been experiencing some of this ourselves and with some of our colleagues in the profession as well. I know recently at my hospital, we've been changing things up in terms of what we do with holiday gift giving at our practice. Traditionally, we've done a secret Santa where we get very small gifts um, once a day through the week. And we have a list of, you know, we get our secret Santa and then we get a list of the things they like, little present throughout the week, and then a big present at the end. But not everybody who's on our team can afford to do that. And so it's become a struggle where folks don't know if they just shouldn't participate um, or, you know, some of us are there part time, so it can get tricky bringing the presents in. So we've decided to go a little bit of a, a different way this year and do a gift exchange, kind of like a white elephant, but not with a gag gift, I guess. So, okay. so yeah, so, um, and I was just curious if, if how other people work that out too, I, I can't even imagine if everyone's just getting personal gifts and who gets included, who doesn't get included. Oh gosh. I'm sure it can get really dramatic. Yeah, it, it does. And I can tell you as a longtime practice owner, this is a dilemma that we have tried to navigate as diplomatically and delicately as possible over the years. Um, first and foremost, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to know what your holiday traditions are within your clinic and how do you sort of solve some of these dilemmas that we're going to talk about today. But the first thing, Cindy, that you bring up is sort of the dollar amount, right? Yeah. And and like you, we typically do this sort of, we say, okay, nobody spends more than 20 bucks, which actually is translated to you must spend at least 20 bucks, right? right. So there's already this sort of hurdle that you've got to overcome. And, and $20 may not seem like a lot to you or a member of your team, but then to somebody else, like you said that could be like their child's gift. So, you know, we have to be really sensitive to that dollar amount. The second thing is, okay, what do you do about your boss? Because like, I know what would happen in our clinic is you would all pick a name. And so you would buy, you know, Becky or Cindy a gift. And then you would probably feel like, gosh, you know, I really want to give Laura and Dr. Ward something as well. So now suddenly, you know, well, what about my manager? What about my supervisor? You know, what about my tech uh, team leader? You know, so 
So Becky, how did you and how did you deal with some of those other pressures to buy more gifts, not just the one that you drew the name out of the hat? Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? And so I I think for me, it's like all or nothing. I tend to go with something homemade. Um, and at the end of the day, when I'm done with it, I think it would have been cheaper to buy everyone something (laughs) when I've accomplished my recipe and crafting. Um, but I, I still do think that, you know, if I have the opportunity to make something or try to do something special, it's where it comes from. But a lot of that again is based on financial restriction. If you don't have a choice, you, you don't don't have a choice. And, and a lot of times for a, anybody in the hospital, it may not be an option. Yeah. And I, I will tell you, if you're listening today, the best advice that I can give you is what Laura and I stumbled into about our third Christmas, you know, as our team was growing over the years. And we just flatly said, no gifts for us, no gifts for management. Uh, if you want to give Laura and me something, if you want to give your team leader something, it can be nothing more than a personalized card. Now, I know over the years, some people sort of bent those rules a little bit, but, you know, I'd love to hear feedback from our audience. You know, do you guys have a policy in place like that? But that really, I think, removed a lot of the pressure from our staff as far as do I get my boss a gift, which is another element of this whole problem. Yeah, you know, I think that's interesting. I don't know that that's ever been a specific problem any place that... I've worked, maybe that's bad, but I think we have usually separated that kind of recognition for things like bosses day. And then we have, you know, the separate vet tech appreciation week. So, so I think usually we've kind of separated that out. And I do think that the benefit of, you know, kind of an equal gift exchange, something like a, a secret Santa or a round Robin is that, you know, everyone gets something, but right. you don't have to worry about, getting something for all your individual friends if you don't want to. I I guess I am curious. I know a lot of our uh, folks are really close friends outside of work, and I presume they probably exchange gifts outside of work, but I don't think they do it in the hospital. And I think maybe that's a line that can be helpful. So it's like, okay, well, you're doing your own private gift exchange. It's not on hospital grounds. You know, Cindy, you just reminded me of something that happened, you know, 15 plus years ago. And we had a situation where the same rules applied, you know, like basically you drew a name. That was the gift that you gave for our, t- our inner office or team. Uh, no gifts for management and no gifts for Laura and Ernie. But we had two staff members who decided to exchange gifts privately, like you're mm-hmm. describing, and yeah. they brought them to work. And it create it was very awkward and uncomfortable. And so later, Laura and I really talked to other management, and we were like, "Look, you know, how can we avoid this? Because it, you know, it was it was sort of, I hate to say this, but it was almost like these two were buddied up, and it can be clickish, it can be alienating yeah. to the rest of the team, you know, favoritism. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of emotional sort of baggage associated with, hey, oh, here's my beautiful gift that you gave me. Um, so we decided that, no, if you're going to do private gifts, you cannot exchange them in our office. So I'd love to hear from our audience. Have you encountered that dilemma? And if so, did you take the next step like we did? And I will say, Becky, this stuff is in writing. Like, you know, people always talk about, you know, <laughs> yeah. my how, how detailed I have been with our little employee handbooks. But this is the kind of stuff that if you don't have it in writing, you can really trip up on, can't you? Sure. And I think when you have it on writing, you take some of the personal out of it, right? Like yeah. you're not just going to two people and saying, hey, you guys can't exchange gifts. You know, you have it in a manual that is very impersonal that just says this is the hospital's policy and it just takes out the ward policy of it right and so i think it's a really good thing to do and have it and you're right it can cause uncomfortable nature i don't think you can stop people or should stop people from exchanging presents outside of work 
Right. But that being said, um, you know, bringing them to work, it, it absolutely crosses that line. I know um, I really enjoy Christmas cookie baking. And so I yes. would always bring a little bit of uh, like a little tray of cookies for yes. everyone and try to keep it in that in that range. But at the same time, too, I wonder to you guys, is it um, does it put a false expectation on those around you when people start doing that? And, oh, I didn't spend any money. But is it bending those rules? And right. And where do you draw that line? I, you know, actually, I had just been thinking that, that I felt like baked goods was kind of the exception that, you know, if somebody takes the time and they they bake something and they make some food for folks, you know, I don't necessarily see that as a, hey, that person's really definitely expecting me to bake something and make something for the whole group too. So I, I especially because we have clients do the same thing and they're not necessarily expecting us to. Yeah, you know, Cindy, I, I can too. tell you that there, there was a Christmas, though, where we got into a cookie arms race within oh our team. Oh, my gosh. You know, where, where like, like, and, and Becky, you really bring up a good point because, like, this one person came and made these amazing cupcakes for the whole team, you know, and it's like, oh, look, you know, I just threw this together. And yeah. she was a part-time employee. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly everybody felt like they had to up the ante. And by the oh end of goodness. the Christmas holiday, I was probably up seven pounds, you know. Oh. And, and Laura was so sugar, you know, high that it was, it was ridiculous. What a delicious competition. <laughs> oh yeah. Does anyone else get really anxious about gift giving like i know some people are just awesome awesome gift givers but that is not my like language of appreciation so i get my mind so twisted up about like and then i end up getting gifts that are like way bigger than they should be because i'm like well i don't know i know this is the right price range but what if they don't like it as much as you know twenty dollars worth uh, well yeah, I get so it's confused. such a good point because for me I tend to buy presents throughout the year. I see something and I think of that person and I think, oh, this is really wonderful for that person. I, however, I'm not organized enough to like, you know, squirrel that away for the holidays and then be all set at the end of the year. And so I tend to give little presents throughout the year when I encounter something I think that somebody would really like. And I think it's just that pressure that like in the yeah. moment pressure that you have to go buy the perfect thing and they're going to open it and people are going to be watching and they have to have a reaction. So I would much rather surprise somebody throughout the year than in be put in this obligatory box of I have to hand you something in paper. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd like to kind of twist it now. We, we know that obviously there's a lot of potential hassles around the inner office gift giving, and, and maybe you do need to establish some rules out there if you're listening today. But again, we'd love to hear what you're saying. But, but Cindy, let's now kind of uh, change it slightly. And let's look at the issue around inner office party. How do you party? Do you serve alcohol? Where do you host it? I mean, that right there is a loaded situation. Yeah, no, no pun yeah. intended. <laughs> um, I, you know, our our groups have always been pretty good about having celebrations, and you know, it's at least in the times that I've always been there, it's been professional. So people have been able to imbibe without going overboard. I think we've had the book club versus um, bar discussion on yes, the podcast yes. before. It's like okay yeah, there's some, some limits there where maybe, maybe we can be okay. Um, usually we're doing it recently at, um, someone's house or at, you know, a local restaurant. So it, it tends to be pretty well controlled. That's one of the first hurdles we have to overcome because, you know, what I've heard over the years and one of the reasons that we actually never did this was if you have your party, your holiday party at your boss's house, are you not inevitably inviting sort of this, you know, sort of judgment, criticism, jealousy, you know, do people talk about, oh, I see the boss man making a lot of money. I mean, do you not ever hear those kind of undercurrents of complaints and grumbles? 
Well, I think that's interesting. And I wonder if it can kind of depend, like my boss, her husband does a completely other job in finance where he's a CFO. So I'm not sure that it's always necessarily implied that whatever their house looks like has completely to do with our hospital versus obviously you guys were kind of running the hospital as a joint team. So presumably whatever is kind of in right. your home has to do with the the success of the hospital. I guess that's that's an interesting thought. Becky, bring it back home. Bring it I'm back home. I'm on the fence about this one, actually. I never really thought about it. Um, I have never gone that direction because I know, you know, the veterinarian of a practice is, is m making the money that they're making. And if I'm not happy with what I'm getting paid, I shouldn't work there. Um, so I've not ever really... I guess compared that and thought that, but I, I think you could be setting yourself up for that. I think though, in this day and age, truthfully, you're not, it's not like they don't know <laughs> that you have a nice house or a nice car or whatever it is just because you don't invite them over for Christmas. So, um, but I do think it is opening yourself up to that personal boundary of friends right. versus coworkers and people in your home. What if something breaks? What if someone right. gets hurt? And I hate to be such a nervous Nelly that way, but I do feel like neutral territory is the best place for a holiday party party and it takes a lot of the liability and the personal like aspect right. out of it and I know that sounds really bad but when I do feel like when you're in a management area you know I, I think if you have to fire someone or if your practice closes or something bad happens whatever it is it's hard to separate it when you've had that person in your home and you've provided them a meal um and I hate to say that because it sounds kind of cold in the holiday season but I think it's important so I say neutral territory for sure and I personally think drinks are okay but I like the whole limited approach you get a ticket for one or two and then the rest of what you do is is a liability in your hands and I think there's ways to navigate it you're making this sound like Game of Thrones. Like it's like bread and salt and like now it's like a red wedding. Like now we can never fire this person ever. It feels um, like that. I'm a cancer. We're sensitive. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a Scorpio. So I'm like, yeah. bring like, on bye, the guys. mead. <laughs> well, but but it's true, Cindy. You know, we yeah. always had a an abstinence. Like we didn't serve alcohol. We didn't allow it at our functions. Mm -hmm. We did have a third party. And that was partly because of these issues around, yeah. you know, that we just discussed, but also because it's just the cleanup and the setup. And it's, yeah. I'd rather it's okay. pay a restaurant to, to deal with that uh, because we're already so overcrowded during the holiday, which then leads me to another potential holiday hassle. How do you guys deal with the volunteerism aspect? I mean, you guys know we just wrapped our 23rd annual Christmas tree lighting and big parade in my hometown, something that our team did for many, many years. Uh, and we asked them to volunteer but we also had pictures with Santa paws. I mean, so they would get paid for that. I mean, what do you guys think about when your boss asks you to volunteer for something during the holidays? For me, I think there's a difference between volunteering for something that benefits the hospital and volunteering for something that benefits the community. And I think there is a difference when my boss shows up and volunteers alongside of me and puts in effort and thought and, and time or is like, hey, go do this thing and make sure you send me some pics. Let me know how it is. I'll be doing something with my family. So I think if you're going to ask your employees to volunteer, it should be to better the community in some sort of way and not be strictly personal to benefiting the hospital. And I think that management needs to be there too. 
Right. And that, that was our approach. So, so for the tree lighting, that was sort of volunteerism. We asked you to do this. It was after hours. In fact, this is an evening event. And so we didn't pay you for that. But the pictures with Santa Paws, which was immediately after closing on Saturday, we did pay you. And so typically you're paid two to three hours or, you know, however long the event would last that particular time. But um, even though that was a lot of fun, you're right, Becky, we feel that benefited the practice directly, even it was kind of workish, whereas the other was strictly for community philanthropy. Yeah, and I've heard some awesome examples where the hospital can really rally around an opportunity to help the community. I was talking with someone where I guess in the month of December, they always you know, come up with a, a project to help uh, improve medical care for the practice. And when they reach that goal, you know, money gets to go towards some kind of charity. And sometimes that's, uh, you know, a rescue. But one year they helped raise money to get all the Christmas lights or the holiday lights uh, redone in their community. And they ended up raising a ton of money for their community to kind of redo all of these holiday lights. So I, I think that's an opportunity too. It's not not necessarily just an obligation, but I think to Becky's point, is it something you're doing with your team? Is it something they're excited about as opposed to something we're imposing on them? Yeah, and we'd like to hear from our audience. I mean, like, so I did the pictures with Santa Paws. We had a 501c3, still do, called Prayer for Animals. So we were actually using that to raise money. We asked people to donate, you know, whatever amount they wanted for their picture. I would dressed up as Santa Paws and you know, held your dog and some, some of them TT'd on me, but uh, you know, that was sort of that, that philanthropic, but I'd love to hear from our audience, you know, what do you do to sort of give back? And, you know, cause I love what Cindy is saying here. It is the season of giving. Well, speaking of giving, let's now turn into the sticky topic of bonuses. Now I have been on the record. I've written and lectured about this many, many times over the years, but I want to start off by asking Becky, what is your general opinion about a Christmas bonus? I mean, are you offering? <laughs> uh, I am where not you, offering. Where you stand is where you sit, right? I mean, if I'm getting a Christmas bonus, I'm feeling really good about it. But I think it's hard because you create an expectation. So if you are going to give a holiday bonus, you are married to that bonus. Sorry, you will yeah. create a huge disappointment. I think there's also this thing of always of how do you bonus, right? And they like mm -hmm. to tear it and make it right. based on this and that and the other. And so there's always this like, well, what did that person get? Or what did this right. person get? So it's a really tough one. And I think if you don't have a really clear path of navigating these sticky waters, if you can't afford for everybody to get pretty much the same bonus for the same work, uh, and you're not committed to giving it always and knowing that that's money you're budgeting in every year, then I really would steer away from it because especially because your staff may become dependent and count on that money right. here at the holidays. Right. And it's exactly. a terrible timing year to not have money that you really had hoped for. All right, Cindy, what about from an associate standpoint? I distinctly remember as some we were getting through some tougher years through the recession when there were clinics who were starting to say, hey, guys, sorry, we just can't afford to give them this year and remembering the heartbreak on on team members faces who are really counting on an extra 150 100 bucks to help yeah. them pay for Christmas gifts. And, and I completely agree with Becky that you've whatever decision you make, you got to stick with it and you've right. got to plan on sticking with it for the long term, regardless of how things are going financially at the practice. And um, just recognizing that it's not really seen as a gift. It's seen as something expected. It's seen right. as part of the compensation package, basically. Um, 
And then yeah, it's something that they feel they earned. It, it, yeah. And that's, you know, it's not really yeah. a bonus or a gift. It's like you said, yeah. it's something they feel like I am entitled to. And, yeah. and this is where it becomes even more problematic because let's say that the previous year you had a banner year in revenue. And so you, everybody got a $500. Well, this year wasn't so great. So everybody gets a hundred dollar. Well, what yeah. people typically take out of that is you just cut my salary by $400. I just got a $400 pay deduction. So, you know, Christmas bonuses, I'd love to hear from our audience. What do you think about Christmas bonuses? Do you think you're entitled to it? Do you think this is something that you should get? Or is this something that's maybe better baked into your regular salary? So Cindy, what are some of the other hassles that, you know, you've encountered? Yeah. So one other thing I've heard a lot of chatter about over the past couple weeks is decor. So when we are celebrating for the holidays, what do we do? We dress up our hospitals. Um, Do we put a Christmas tree up? Do we put a menorah up? Do you know, how are we expressing the fact that it's the season and both in terms of how can we decorate in ways that are safe? for the animals that are coming into our hospital. But also, you know, there's been some drama surrounding, you know, this is obviously a religiously based holiday. I mean, it's secular. It's something our country celebrates as a whole. I know people who have a different religion who still kind of celebrate Christmas, sure. even if they're not Christian, um, for the gift giving aspect. But is that going to make some people feel excluded? Um, how do we consider that if we have a diverse clientele? Um, if there are team members who are bringing really religious imagery in. Is that appropriate? Is it not appropriate? Is that helping people feel included in the hospital? Is it making some people feel excluded? And and how do we navigate those those tricky waters? You know, I mean, we live in a time of of kind of micro offenses, it seems like. It doesn't take much to offend people. And so it's very hard waters to navigate. For me, I want to celebrate what my staff and and my neighbors are celebrating. And I'm not offended if somebody is celebrating a holiday that I'm not. So if I have um, staff members or colleagues in my practice who are celebrating Hanukkah, I do think it's important to be inclusive of their holiday as well. If I have staff members who are all Christian and they're all celebrating Christmas and we have a Christmas tree up in our our lobby, I don't I don't think that's terribly offensive. I do think you have to navigate it gently. And I think again, whatever you go with, you have to be willing to stand by and say either one, I made a huge mistake and thank you for bringing to attention some cultural insensitivities I didn't aware I was making because we all have to be open to mistakes or say, you know, honestly, everyone on my staff celebrates Christmas. And so within this clinic, that's what we're celebrating. Um, but we celebrate you too. Right. And, I, and Becky, I think that's such a good point, which is the idea that it's not that we're never going to make a misstep and it's not ever that we're, you know, going to forget something. I think the bigger challenge is what do we, what do we do to try and be aware? Are we having discussions with our team about, you know, how do we want to celebrate this holiday? What do we feel comfortable with as a team? Are we even having that discussion? Are we just presuming that we know how everybody wants to celebrate it or doesn't? And are we being mindful of what our community is like? Um, are we aware of what the composition of our community is? Right. Um, or, and exactly like you said, Becky, is if somebody does have a comment for us, are we reacting really defensively to that? Or are we able to really listen? Because I think, you know, with the fact that 
we can get easily concerned or offended by different things that are going on, you know, it's it's easy to make a misstep, but it's also easy for us to listen and to understand and to get into a conversation with someone about, you know, what can we do? What would be a good balance here? And then to come up with um, some some middle ground if we can. Yeah, I completely agree, Cindy, and that's really well said. Well, speaking of inadvertently offending and stepping into things that we didn't mean to, I would like to revisit our original topic from over two years ago, talking about scheduling drama. So let's see if there's been any changes over the past couple of years. But basically, you guys know the drama, and it goes like this. Why do I have to work Christmas morning? <laughs> Why doesn't Susie have to work Christmas morning? So Becky, any sort of updates or advice on people struggling with working during the holidays? Who gets that shift? How do you determine who gets the shift off and so forth? If Christmas shift coverage is a huge problem at your practice, you are doing something wrong within your culture on a regular basis. Agree. And I hate to say it that way, but at the end of the day, the majority of clinics that I've worked in there is a volunteer for Christmas. There is someone who says, you guys are, have family in town. I'm not going to see my family till next week. Um, myself, I'm I'm deploying to our shelter on Christmas Eve to work over the holidays because I've been three years without one. <laughs> and I said to staffing this year, I'm due because I owe it to the team. And so if honest to God, in your clinic, you guys are not able to cover the holidays and it's a big fight, you have more going on that you need to address. All right, Cindy, you have a young child, you know, uh, how do you feel about this? How do you navigate and negotiate? Yeah, so um, I feel very, very lucky in that I have always worked with teams where we talk about it ahead of time. And I think that's one of the things yes. we mentioned a couple years ago is sitting down and figuring out, okay, we got a certain number of holidays over the course of this year. How are we going to divvy things up? And um, at my first hospital, we just basically changed them up year to year and split them up and said, okay, you get Thanksgiving, you get Christmas and and we'll switch off. Um, I'm very lucky at my current hospital that a lot of the doctors I work with have family in town. And so they're very happy and willing often to, to be around um, near those holidays. We're not open on the day of, and often that's not a huge inconvenience for those folks. So um, I've been lucky to be relatively free on those days most of the time. Um, but I wanna give a plug when I was younger, I would often work holidays. I lived close to the the clinics and the places that I worked, and it's so quiet and calm, and there are no people there on that day. So if you're going into the kennels, <laughs> God bless you. Um, but I hope you just get to enjoy some of just getting to be with the animals and not having to worry about any of the people and just having a having a good time and and not being in a rush. You're exactly right. In any of the ER shifts I've worked, it's the best food day in a hospital. You are brought <laughs> all of the goodies and have all of the appreciation and you have the holiday spirit brought to you left and right. And you're right, Dr. Cindy, it's a quiet day in the kennel with dogs and you get extra cookies and treats because it's the holidays. And it can really be a fun time to work and just sort of appreciate that you're in a field where we get to take care of other animals who appreciate us back. And I think it's a great thing. And one trend I've been seeing more and more, which I wholeheartedly support, is seeing messages of support from our colleagues to ER veterinarians who are working on yes. the holidays. Yes. Um, I, it makes me so happy and, and warms my heart when I see people sending out those messages of support and just saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for being there when we can't be. Um, because we all know that because they're there, we're able to be home with our families. So, yeah. <laughs> 
And that is the essence of this holiday season. So I hope you'll take the time during this two week or so period and reflect on just how fortunate you are. I mean, we are really, really blessed to work in a profession that we get so much joy, we get so much reward. And, and I know it gets hard from time to time. And I know that we feel overwhelmed, but the reality is there's no better place for me at least and i'm sure most of you listening today than in a veterinary setting so again happy happy holidays to all of you and take a moment to sit back and give thanks absolutely we hope that your holidays are full of gifts even if they're not physical with the the <laughs> emotional and uh gifts of friendship that we all hope for in this holiday season. And we are very thankful for the gift of our wonderful audience who supports us and listens every week. Thank you for yes, being there. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you all so much for what you do every day to take care of animals, to better who you are, better yourself within the profession, and to help our profession grow, especially in the veterinary support staff field. I am so excited for 2019, given all of the fun and growth and wonderful things we've seen over the past year. Until next time, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I'm sorry, we just kind of that sounds very smushy. Good.